Okay, hi again, Dan Alasso with Making History, and today I'm going to do another reaction video. This time to something that came up in my own YouTube feed, and this is a clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson appearing on the Joe Rogan podcast actually a couple years ago in the summer of 2018. Uh, and the clip is called Columbus Discovering America Was a Great Achievement. And so I am going to play it and then I'm going to stop it from time to time like I did with the other video and comment on it. So let's begin. Something else. Okay. Okay. I think him coming to America was the most significant thing to ever happen in our species. Whoa. So this is a bold statement. Tyson says that he thinks that Columbus coming to America was, quote, the most significant thing to ever happen in our species. This is a really bold statement. And at this moment in the video, I'm actually impressed. I'm overlooking little potential quibbles, like he didn't really come to America at first. He came to the Caribbean and then he landed later on South America. But I'm impressed. Not an internet porn? <laughs> no, that's just porn in another medium. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, internet porn is just a matter of degree, not a matter of yes. does it exist or does it not. Right. Okay. I think it was the most significant event to happen in our species. Kind of amazing when you stop and think about the fact that at that point in time, other than the Native Americans who lived here who are living a nomadic tribal existence, very few people that had the wheel, that had firearms, that had all these things that had already been achieved in the rest of the world had made their way to this place. So now watch, okay? Okay, wait a minute. Let's just stop there for a second. This is a little bit of a problem when you think about it, right? Mayan astronomy, Incan, and even pre-Incan stonework, which we still don't really understand how they managed it, and then the Chinampas of Tenochtitlan, the city in the center of this lake in Mexico, which were floating gardens that they built around their city, which were five times more productive than the best results that agriculture could achieve in Europe or Asia or Africa. Also, the Aztec city was one of the largest in the world. It had more than 200,000 people living there when Cortes arrived there. So they weren't all nomads running around without any technology. Here's how it worked. Right. So you're going to hear. So I, I presume that you have some skepticism of this claim, as most people would, especially the, the Columbus haters who are out there. All right. I don't really have. Any so Tyson didn't point out any of those issues. Instead, he launched into his bit. He says that he presumes Joe is skeptical of his claim, like so many of the Columbus haters out there. Joe is about to say that he doesn't really have an opinion on Columbus, and then Tyson will push on. Skepticism about it, to be honest with you. Okay, sense. so let me, let me describe to you why I think this is true. Okay. And then you can tell me whether you, you agree or not. All right. Uh, we are hunter-gatherers. We haven't settled down yet, early humans. And we're basically wandering, we're following the herds, all right? Okay. And then the Ice Age hits. Well, what is an Ice Age? An oh, wait a minute. Yeah, an Ice Age hits. 
one of many, as a matter of fact. In the last million years, there have been quite a few of them. And the ancestors of humans had lived through many. Even us, even Homo sapiens itself, had been around for the last one and had survived the previous Ice Age. Only just barely, but we did. Sage means it is so cold that when the moisture evaporates from the oceans, goes to the clouds, the clouds go over the land, it doesn't rain, it snows. And the snow falls and then it stays. So the water that had lifted up from the ocean does not return to the ocean. It accumulates on the land. And this accumulation, when it's significant and sustained, we call glaciers. Glaciers is not itself a snowfall, it is compressed snow that's basically changed state into this, this ice river that flows very slowly back to the ocean. But the oceans are getting drained faster than they're getting replenished. So during the ice age, the ocean levels dropped. Okay, so Tyson explains this ice age to Joe and his viewers or listeners like they are three years old. And this is a typical Tyson move, and one of the reasons that I find him very tedious. But after a minute or so, he does get to the valuable part, that the oceans are being drained faster than they can be replenished. Sea levels do fall. How much do they fall, Neil? That might be something people would be interested in knowing. Answer, about 360 feet at the glacial maximum. So sea levels were about 360 feet lower than they are today. Exposing the Bering Strait land bridge between Asia and what is now Alaska, basically North America. The, the, our ancestors who come out of Africa go into Europe, some stayed, others kept wandering. Some... Just a sec. The Bering Strait land bridge. Here's a picture of the region that scientists now call Beringia. It wasn't a bridge. The idea of a bridge implies something that is narrow, something that's built by people, something that's relatively temporary, and especially something that is going someplace. You cross a bridge to get to someplace else. This wasn't narrow. It wasn't going anyplace, and it certainly wasn't temporary. It was as wide as Alaska, and it probably lasted over 10,000 years. And 10,000 years is twice as long as all of recorded history. So the people who lived there, as Tyson does go on to say, thought of this as just more land. Stayed low above the Mediterranean. Others went high. They populate Asia. They keep walking because there's a land bridge there. They don't even know it's a bridge, it's just more land. So they walk and they enter North America. And from there, this kind of only way you can go is south at that point, the weather gets a little better. Yes, the people go south, that's correct, when they can. For several thousand years, as it turns out, they can't go south, they're blocked by the glaciers. But by at least 15,000 years ago, they are able to get into the Americas. And we know this, because they left remains at a place in southern Chile called Monte Verde, which have been dated, these remains, to about 14,800 years ago. 
there's actually a lower layer that seems to date to maybe as far back as 18,000 or 18,500 years ago. But that one is still controversial, so we're not making any claims about that yet. The Ice Age ends. The glaciers melt back into the oceans. The ocean's level, ocean levels rise. They do. Closing the land bridge. Stranding a branch of the human species. Tyson is rightish about the end of the Ice Age. Beginning about 12,000 years ago, sea levels do start to rise. And by about 11,000 years ago, the Beringians who are left in Beringia are cut off from Asia. And then another migration into the Americas apparently begins about this time when the glaciers on top of Alaska and Canada begin to separate and a land route between them begins to form. And so this migration begins about 11,000 years ago, which probably produces the Clovis culture that created the Clovis stone tools that were once believed to be the earliest evidence of humans on the North and South American continents. So yes, a branch of the human species is in the Americas without the ability to contact their cousins back in Europe, Asia, or Africa for about 10,000 years. Now, of course, they don't think of themselves as stranded. And in fact, when Native Americans develop creation stories for themselves, of course, those creation stories take place here in North and South America. For 10,000 years. Those humans who made it across that land bridge and spread out into North America, Central America, South America, have only a few families as their parent genetic as their um, genetic origin. This genetic origin stuff is fairly accurate. Geneticists do believe that the parent group of what they call the Paleo-Indians was probably only several hundred to a couple thousand individuals. That could have been a few large clans. It's not a couple of families. This two separate branches of the human species is one way to put it, I guess, but it's a very dramatic and it's not a very revealing way, I don't think. Okay, oh, it's like, some research says it's like eight family lineages populated the entire North and South American continents. Then the land bridge breaks. Now you have Europe, Asia, Africa, and North and South America, and they know nothing of one another. Two separate branches of the human species. The Vikings notwithstanding, maybe they found, came over, they didn't, I, I'm, they, even if they did, their influence was near zero relative to the Europeans. So we're talking about if- Okay, the Viking thing is for real, Neil. You should have read up on it a little when you were preparing this bit. But yes, their influence was near zero relative to the later European conquest. The reason for that is that they came to what's now Newfoundland, northern Newfoundland in Canada, where it's cold and where they weren't as able to spread their germs in the way that the later conquistadors and Spanish and Portuguese did. here. This is a branch. Had this continued, this is how you speciate. This is why the species on Australia, that's why you have mammals there that have pouches. All right, no other mammals do that. They split off and they evolve their own way. 
Okay. So t no, 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 not okay. Had this continued, this is how you speciate. Good grief, Neil. I know you're an astrophysicist and you're used to dealing with big time frames. So this is kind of unforgivable. It takes a million years to speciate. Google it. 10,000 years is one tenth of 1% of the time required to form a new species. Also, there are marsupials in North and South America today, too. Scientists say they actually evolved in North America 90 million years ago and then migrated to Australia and New Zealand in the late Cretaceous period. They didn't evolve in Australia when it was isolated, Neil. In fact, they actually walked there while it was connected to Antarctica. Thousand years is not enough to grow three heads or, you know, 12 fingers. But our species is separate. Now, Columbus crosses the Atlantic, makes contact with humans. This is the first time that has happened in 10,000 years. Yeah, 10,000 years is not enough to grow three heads. It also isn't enough for the people in the Americas to be significantly different from the other humans back in the old world. The thing that did happen as Tyson begins to kind of ham-handedly describe and then runs away from is that the people left behind in Europe and Asia and Africa became resistant to diseases that spread to the human population from domesticated animals that they domesticated after these two populations split that did not exist in the Americas. Pigs, cattle, and chickens primarily. We have rejoined two branches of the human species. We are now one common genetic group. We always were. And that genetic crossbreeding now continues to this day. We, we fly to any corner of the world and mate, okay? And the mating already began immediately. Yes, there were diseases that Columbus brought to North America, much written about that, less written is that he much written about that. That's all you're going to say about the fact that 90 to 95% of all of the people living in North and South America were killed by these Eurasian diseases within a couple of generations? But syphilis back to Europe. First cases of syphilis of 1492. Whoa. Whoa. Incorrect. First documented cases of venereal syphilis in Europe are 1495. This was something that Alfred Crosby, the author of the book, The Columbian Exchange, actually had a lot to say about. The jury is still out. There are many different types of this disease family that includes yaws and venereal syphilis. And so there's still some controversy and doubt about where it all originated and how it developed. What there isn't doubt about, however, is that Eurasian diseases were brought by Europeans to the Americas and killed between 90 and 95 percent of the entire North American and South American population, which was probably a population of 65 to 75 million people at least. So I'm not exactly sure why Neil isn't interested in talking about that. And then it skyrocketed. They got syphilis from the Native Americans? Yes. What, did they have no problem with it? Well, I, I don't know the details of how 
the physiology of the natives huh. dealt with that, or whether it mutated. Uh, you know, I, right. I don't. And there may people who know that. I'm not among them. That's fascinating. But just look at you look at the graph of syphilis. Okay, wait a minute. There might be people who know that, but I'm not among them. Well, then why bother bringing it up? Reported syphilis cases in Europe. It all began 1492 when he came back. 1495. So what, what I'm saying is, this was a hugely significant event, the rejoining of the branches of the human species. Well, yeah, no, I would imagine that that makes sense. That is the most important event then. And by the way, Native Americans, you know this famous, infamous problem with metabolizing alcohol, okay, with Native Americans. Mm -hmm. You know who else has that problem? The Chinese. Really? They Give me do? A yes. Really? Yes. Yes. So it's an Asian issue. Well, so Ew. who stayed in Asia? So you look at who populated North and South America after the, you know, before the land bridge. It's whoever was right at the edge of Asia. Right. Then the land bridges. So, so, so Asians and, and North American and, and uh, the natives of North and South America have more in common with each other because of this than most other pairs of groups you might grab around the world. But my point is, Obviously, we, there's a lot to blame Columbus for, but he just happened to be the guy who did it first. Europe was coming to the New World no matter what. There, everybody was trying to find a, a faster trade route to the Indies. And so if it, would, if it wasn't Columbus, it would have been Arnold Schmednick, whatever. It doesn't matter. Somebody did that. And the rest is, as they say, history. Wow. So personally, I think it is the most significant thing to happen in our species. Otherwise, we'd still be two-stranded branches. Of no, humans. We wouldn't. It would be fascinating, though, like Australia is stranded, to see yeah. what would happen if it, this has gone on for yeah, hundreds if, of thousands of years. If hundreds of thousands, that would have been a different story. Right. Yeah. And your immunities would be different. Your, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that. People's immunities were different. That is exactly the point. But that is not the same as being two separate branches of humanity that are on their way to being different species. That's just absurd. So I hope you can see why I was a little bit frustrated with this. Now, you may be asking, why am I taking the trouble to complain about this? Am I just being mean or am I fishing for views? I don't think so. My beef with Neil deGrasse Tyson is that he is so convinced that he is the smartest guy in the room that he's begun to allow himself to just talk about whatever happens to be on his mind, even when he doesn't really know the issue or understand the details. And of course, because he's doing this on Joe Rogan's show, he's reaching Joe's six million subscribers. This video has been watched three and three quarter million times on YouTube. There are over 12,000 comments. The latest comment was only 26 minutes before I started recording this. So I think this is still a relevant issue. People are still getting this bad information on a regular basis. And this is something that I teach to my undergraduates regularly, every year. It's part of several courses that I teach. And so I think that I have a platform from which to speak. And obviously I also care about these issues. So I felt like I had to kind of intervene. So I hope people found that a little bit interesting. Thank you very much for watching and I will see you again next time.